This is the Barbecue Central Radio Show, which is recorded live each Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Barbecue Central Radio Show is being brought to you by The Barbecue Guru, the original creators of automatic temperature control devices, now offering four different models for you to choose from. Rest easy knowing that The Barbecue Guru is controlling your temperature so you can get on with your life. Visit bbqguru.com or call 800-288-GURU for more information. And by Fred's Music and Tasty Licks BBQ Supply, your online barbecue and grilling superstore. From cookers to grills, wood chips and chunks, and everything in between, also be sure to try the Tasty Licks barbecue brand of rubs and sauces. Check Fred out online at tastylicksbbq.com. And by Stephen DeFranco Jewelers. Located in beautiful Willoughby, Ohio, Stephen DeFranco Jewelers is a family-owned and operated business looking to service the great folks of the barbecue and grilling world. Get free shipping and big discounts by mentioning my name and the term Barbecue Brother. Check out their inventory by visiting stephendefranco.com. And by Butcher Barbecue, with 30 years of experience in retail, wholesale, meat markets, food service, and customer service. Using that experience, everything they do and sell at Butcher's Barbecue comes from real-world knowledge. Check out their award-winning spices, sauces, marinades, and injections by visiting ButcherBBQ.com. Always trust your butcher. And by Green Mountain Grills. Discover something you'll really, really love, grilling with pellets. Green Mountain Pellet Grills are the top of the line, best of the best, but not the highest in price. And be sure to check out all of their flavor rubs, sauces, and pellets for the Green Mountain Grill all on their website. Visit GreenMountainGrills.com to peruse the entire product's portfolio. And buy Barbecuer's Delight Wood Pellets. Two-thirds oak, one-third flavor wood, giving you that perfect combination of BTU burn and sweet, succulent smoke you're looking to get all over your meat. A wide variety of flavors, so please go to the website to check it out and get yours today. Barbecuer's Delight, which is bbqrsdelight.com. Hey, this is Helen Paradise from SoCal, and you are listening to the Barbecue Central Show. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Gang, welcome to the really big barbecue central show. Oh yeah, this is the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. Broadcasting live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, it is uh, now widely considered to be the barbecue capital of the North Coast. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. Man, whole computer system just crashed. Had to go for a quick reboot, and we're still on time. Thank the Lord. I'll thank the Lord. You thank the Lord. You can have fun thanking the Lord all you want. Uh, hey, if you want to get in touch with the show tonight, you're more than welcome to do so. 877 448 
You can also uh, email the show at any point, greg at com. Everything else about the show, you can find, uh, where did it go? Uh, everything else about the show, you can find at the website, thebbqcentralshow.com, to include signing up for the newsletter. You can get it every week. Go to the website. Uh, off at the right-hand side, it says sign up for the newsletter. Very easy. Pop in an email address, and you're signed up. Every Tuesday at 3 p.m., the newsletter comes out. You are abreast of exactly what is happening with the uh Sorry about that. Had to look at some technical issues there. Um, so you can find out exactly what's happening here on the show. So let me tell you exactly. If you didn't get the newsletter, head on over. Please sign up. There's many spots left for your enjoyment. Coming up in about 12 minutes from now, Sam the Cooking Guy uh, will be joining us. He hosts a weekly, three times per week, live cooking show. TheSamLiveCast.com. If you haven't checked it out, I know some of the Centralites have uh, now become regular viewers, and I think it's a, a very good show. Lots for everybody, plus the cooking part, which I actually like. Uh, we'll talk to Sam tonight about a number of topics to include uh, his finals of the own Sam the Cooking Guy or the Sam Livecast cooking competition, among some other things. A 35 past the hour winner of the Sam's Club finals. Justin McGlawn of Lucky's Q, the Sam's Club final series, took place this past weekend. A 14 past the hour of 10 o'clock, so we move to the second hour. Mike McLeod, president and CEO of MMA Creative. They are the branding slash marketing partner of KCBS. Uh, They were the ones responsible for kind of getting into uh, the Sam's Clubs of the world, if you will, and uh, putting this whole thing together. And then we're able to reload Diva Q. Danielle Domofsky from last week's debacle. You would recall the show was going swimmingly. We were having brilliant conversation with Danielle. And then something tragic happened, and the whole show dumped off with about 20 minutes left. So we never really got to the barbecue crawl aspect of the TV show that she's working on. So uh, Danielle gracious enough to load back in, and we'll, we'll be able to talk to her about the barbecue crawl stuff. Packed show, as always, 877 877- Four four eight zero four three three. Greg at the BBQ Central Show dot com. Before we go any further, Thursday of this coming week would be October eighteenth, a very near and dear date to me. Fifteen years ago, on this coming Thursday, I will have married my brilliant, succulent, and sexy wife. One of the best decisions I've ever made. Uh, so 15 years for us on the 18th. Um, so I want to make sure that I, she's not here, I uh, just want to make sure that I mention her and that my uh, undying love, passion, and desire to have copious amounts of sex with her still 15 years from now does not even die off at all. So uh, happy anniversary to me and my wife coming up uh, this Thursday. Uh, Sam's Club's final results, I just mentioned it here in the open, uh, grand champion, as I mentioned, Lucky's Q, Justin McGlawn. Uh, second place, Grills Gone Wild, Iowa. Third place, Qwow. Fourth place, Iowa Smoky D's Barbecue. So they had a really good success of weekends. Big T's Q Crew, another great weekend. Fifth overall, Trailhound Smokers Barbecue. Sixth, Pigskin Barbecue, another great two weekends of competition for them as well. Seventh place, eighth place, True Bud Barbecue. Ninth place, Boondoggle Barbecue, and rounding out the top ten, the Smoke Hunters. 
winning that score, by the way, or, or the uh, the score winning grand champion, 704 and 5 tenths, uh, nearest one at the, I'm going to sneeze. i got to be honest. I don't know if that's ever happened on the show before. I've never sneezed. Uh, Grill on Wild Iowa was roughly four points away from uh, winning Grant. So a pretty sizable lead uh, from Lucky's, uh, Lucky's Q. Great job for that. Hey, you know, I was talking about it last week, this term uh, that is making its way around, uh, photobomb. And it seems to be a, a phrase that caught wind and now has quickly, in a matter of weeks, gone to a term that's way overused. I would rather almost say um, just saying than photobomb anymore. And I told you last week, this guy had photobombing down to an art years in advance. And here's what I'm talking about. Take a look at this picture, if you will. So you'll see you know, a bunch of uh, nice-looking young ladies. But can you see the photobomb that is taking place in this picture? Now, keep in mind, this picture has to be an easy eight years old as it sits right now. Can you see the photobomb that is taking place right here? If you can't, let me blow it up for you. Let me uh, work in the positions here. Uh, we'll come in, and we'll go to the left, and we'll go to the right, and look at look at this guy in the back right there, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah! Photobomb. That's me uh, with a beard back then, uh, just like I have right now. So I was lobbing birds uh, well before this uh, whole photobombing trend came in vogue. I was doing it long before anybody else, and there's proof positive. So now you can look all the way in the background, and you see the unlicensed bird out for a spin. Thank you. (laughs) Come on. Maybe you didn't see this either. A gallon of Michael Jordan's barbecue sauce selling for $10,000. That's right. I said $10,000. And if you don't believe me, here's the story right here. Well, it's not selling per se. It's listed. And the story goes that in 92, McDonald's offered a McJordan burger. That must have been local. I don't ever remember seeing that around here. Uh, The sandwich was a quarter pound of beef along with cheese, onion, pickles, barbecue sauce, and bacon. And the dish came in limited markets. Okay, so there's the answer to my. uh, So there's a guy named Jerry Mikula of CSNChicago.com. And he reports that he put it up on eBay for uh, $10,000. Now, if you don't think that is necessarily correct, boom, here it is, eBay. Now for $9,995. you got to be kidding me. This has ended, and it actually sold. What? There's no way that somebody bought a $10,000 20-year-old barbecue sauce, and it just, I thought, no way that would actually happen. What's with you people? (laughs) Kooks spending your hard-earned money on sauce that you're not actually going to be able to eat. You can't even begin to think. They're going to be turning any kind of a profit on this, right? Uh, Trust me, the fool here is the person that bought it, not the person that listed it. I'm not here to ever make fun of anybody's money or how they're getting it. So if I had a thing of Michael Jordan's barbecue sauce, and I would love to to get a picture of that. Yeah, I can't even get a better picture of that. Wow. That's crazy. Somebody bought Michael Jordan's barbecue sauce for 10. It's 20 years old, dude. 20 years old? Can't believe it can't believe it 92 was the year i graduated high school 
And I just had my 20-year. I didn't go. Of course not. Uh, Baker's bourbon to those that are keeping score. Mm. Oh, that is succulent. 107 proof and a smooth 107 proof. So, I mean, you tell me. A, who's, what kind of a freak is keeping 20-year-old barbecue sauce around their house? And he must have gotten wind of a market change of some degree because to be able to pull 10 Gs for sauce that there's no possible way. Well, maybe we're looking at 50-50, right? Because anything that has McDonald's ingredients in it uh, pretty much could take a forever life shelf or shelf life. But damn, 10 10 G's for that. People will spend their money on anything, and pretty much that's the bottom line uh, from how I understand it. People will spend their money on anything. All right, uh, Sam Zion coming up next. Let me talk to you quickly about Tasty Licks Barbecue Supply. I'm not going to tell you how credible they are and how they have all of the great stuff and all this things like that. Okay? We're not going to talk about that. Tonight we're talking about Turkey Fest 2012. That's right. We talked about Turkey Fest 2011 last year. It's 2012 this year. Saturday, November 3rd, so it's coming up very shortly. It's going to run all day, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. at the Barbecue Showroom at 214 West Lancaster Avenue in beautiful, tropical, succulent Shillington, Pennsylvania. An all-day turkey preparation and turkey cooking demonstration class extravaganza. Spatchcock turkey, beer can turkey, Turkey jerky, turkey burgers, all on your grill or smoker. If you would like to see how to roast your grill, the holiday turkey to perfection, stop by, learn from the grilling experts. Here's the lineup. Steve Schmidt from Schmidt's Poultry. He's the resident turkey and poultry expert. You have Dee Dee Bernardo, Mrs. Smoking Guitar Player. She'll be demonstrating how to make a totally bitchin' holiday side dish on the grill. Of course, the smoking guitar player himself will demo... Everything needed to make your turkey day and more, including spatchcock turkey, beer can, sweet potatoes, cauliflower, cornbread, and more. Jason Sizzley of the award-winning Psychedelic Smoke Competition Barbecue Team will be another guest demonstrator. The lineup goes on and on. It's like the who's who of uh, Eastern Barbecue, helping Fred put on this turkey fest. And, of course, the uh, resident vegetarian. The what? It's like a swear word around here. The resident vegetarian, Corey Bernardo, will be showing them how to make healthy and delicious side dishes and desserts on the grill. So the family is a part of it. You're a part of Fred's family. He's a loyal sponsor of the show and been so for many years. If you're going to be around that Pennsylvania, Shillington, Pennsylvania area, do yourself a favor. Call 800 677 2882 or go to the website tastylicksbbqsupply.com that's tastylicksbbqsupply.com and it's turkey fest you'll learn 50 different things to hook up your turkey all right we'll step away we'll come back with sam zion of the sam the cooking guy and the sam live cast fame you're listening to the barbecue central radio show right here on the barbecue central radio networks Yes. 
Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. past the hour 877-448-0433 greg at the bbq central show.com here's a staple right here here we go yeah all right uh joining me for the segment uh one of my favorite online hosts multiple time cookbook author multiple time emmy winner and a frequent contributor to this show we race over the hotline and grab Sam Zion, a.k.a. Sam the Cooking Guy. Sam, how are you, buddy? I'm good. Apparently tonight I am Sam, not the Internet guy. Is uh, I saw I thought I saw you up on uh, up on Skype, but that's is, the Internet is still out in Southern California. Uh, well, I don't know if it's no party about that, but that's okay. It's okay with me, it's okay with you, and uh, a lot to get to tonight. Uh, so uh, let's start off with the first thing, which is the uh, the Sam Livecast cooking competition. And yeah. for the people that haven't tuned in and, and watched, I mean, it's been going on for a number of weeks now. There's been preliminaries. You've had semifinals. We're going to the finals tomorrow at Fixtures Living, which is a store that uh, I would love to have here in Cleveland and just kind of live there, I guess, because of all the cool stuff yeah, that is yeah. in there. In fact, I was I was there today. I was I was uh, there's a new magazine uh, coming to San Diego. I did a photo shoot with a handful of chefs. I was fortunate to be one of them, and it was and it was fun. But you know, we've been doing the the, the Sam Livecast for I don't know almost a year and a half now. Yeah. And a few months back, four months back, one day on the on the on the show, I said we should do like a cooking competition. And, and all the guys in the show went, yeah, 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 we'll fight each other. And I went, no, not you, clown. <laughs> the viewers, because the viewers are always sending recipes and stuff. And then I thought that would be really fun. So we put the call out. We had people submit one-minute videos of, of why they thought. I didn't want to see some, what somebody was going to make. I didn't care about that. I just wanted to see them on the screen saying why they believe they should be in the in the competition. And so we picked eight people. We had four weeks of preliminary rounds. And during the live cast, they would cook behind me in the show. And in the preliminary rounds, they could make anything they wanted. So of the eight, four went to the semis. We finished up the semis last week. And the semis, they had to cook chicken, make a chicken dish. And I have to say, uh, Greg, you know, the food in the preliminary rounds was pretty good. There was some good stuff. There was some sort of okay stuff. The semis and the chicken, they really sort of started to bring their game. And the two dishes that came out of semis were fabulous. And those are going to the finals tomorrow night. And you can watch it live at 6 p.m. West Coast time at thesamlivecast.com. But I'm telling you, I never imagined how much fun we would have with this. And I also never imagined how hard it would be to look somebody in the eye at the end of each 
competition night and say, you're going home and you're going on to the next uh, round. Are you a fan of, like, this is kind of like the live cast, uh, let's call it like a a Chopped version. It's a very popular theme or style of show. Are you a fan of of Chopped or those styles of shows on television? Uh, I do. You know, some of the competition shows I don't like. I hate the Food Network versions because I think they're all about the wrong stuff. It becomes not about the food. It becomes about who can talk to a camera and whatever. And that's, I mean, that stuff's okay. It's not what I wanted this to be. And, um, but chopped, I love, but these are, these are not professional cooks. So rather than, you know, making them open up a basket and finding jelly beans and, uh, soy sauce, uh, uh, raw chicken skin and, uh, grape nut, grape nut flakes, you know, which is like the kind of the, the ingredients that they give them to try and put together. We told them what they had to do. So the first round, nothing. Chicken, second round, they could do anything. And now tomorrow night in the finale, uh, uh, there are instructions where they have to cook fish. And when I say fish, I mean like swimming fish as opposed to scallops or shrimp or lobster or clams or that kind. No shells of any kind. Okay. And they have to incorporate bacon somehow. Ooh. Because I'm a huge bacon fan. Who isn't a huge bacon fan? Right. I mean, come on now. Fish and bacon. All right, so he, I pick fish because I think I think it's hard for people oh. to cook a piece of fish nicely the right way. So I need they need to bring some skill to that and some creativity to incorporate the bacon. But it's been really fun, really fun. We're absolutely one hundred percent doing it again. And I would say if you could have some, I mean, if you could have some competition. I know maybe not people there, but people sending in videos or rest, whatever. It's just people love to get involved in this stuff. Yeah, it's nice to see the community kind of uh, come up and, and take part in a show that you guys have built, and it has been very successful over the year and a half that you guys have been doing it. Uh, of the finalists right. that you have right now, what really stood out, because they've had to cook for you uh, you know, now two times, it's going to be three times uh, for the finals. What stood out to you about each individual contestant? And I do have a, a screenshot of the finalists that are up here right now for the people to see on the video. Yeah, side. well, look, uh, Heather uh, made this sort of um, azuki bean chip crusted chicken. So azuki bean is this crazy little Japanese kind of bean that are at times turned into chips that you can buy made. So instead of using breadcrumbs or panko crumbs or, you know, sort of the more traditional things, she used these chips. I mean, it was sort of, you know, you had orange chicken at Asian restaurants. It was sort of like that, but her plate was absolutely beautiful. And the flavors were spot on and crazy good. And Dawn made this, Curry, coke, this red curry, coconut chicken taco. I mean, it was just like they really brought it. They were really creative. You know, we've had things that tasted good, but that were kind of boring. And so our our our, our judgment points have been presentation, a creativity, and flavor. And you almost need all of that, you know. And they brought it. What's really interesting is, you know, I'm in San Diego. Uh, of the eight contestants, six of them were from San Diego. <laughs> One of them was from Phoenix, a solid hour away by plane. The other one was from Stockton, California. 
a solid like hour and a half by plane. Yeah. And those are the two people in our finale. Hmm. Heather's from Phoenix. Dawn is from Stockton. This will now be the third time they will have flown to San Diego for the competition. Talk about diehard fans, man. You and, know? And now, and, and this is on their own dime. I mean, you know, the same live cast while doing very Here's well. Isn't, uh, isn't... We, said, we said right off the bat, yep. don't enter if you aren't prepared to fill up on your own dime. We pay them 25 bucks for their groceries each time they compete. So these guys obviously big fans of the show, and now that they're into it, I mean, they're in it to win it. And I was a little concerned from both of them when they made it. <laughs> I said to them on the side, look, you need to tell us if you can't make it. I'll understand and tell us and we'll figure something out. And they went, no, hell no. We are so there. So they got 25 bucks each time they made their food. They got that badass Sam Livecast chef jacket. How cool oh, are those? One of the best things I've ever seen in my life. Honestly, every single person said, when we saw the jackets with our own eyes, we would have done it for that and nothing else. And there'll be prizes tomorrow night that we're not talking about yet. We're putting them together, but we're we're just a, you know, a small show, so nobody's getting thousands of dollars or right. anything, but they'll get fun stuff and it'll be cool. And, and I was on a radio station this morning and they already said, whoever wins, we want to interview them. That'll be really fun. Nice. So I like that. That's cool. All right. So getting a lot of good cross promotion there. Uh, so Absolutely. look for it. If you're, if you're interested, if you have the time, check it out tomorrow live as it happens, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, thesamlivecast.com for the uh, the Sam Livecast final cooking competition. That'll be held at Fixtures Living, which is a, a phenomenal store. Uh, so let's switch yep. gears just a little bit here, Sam. Uh, we're in October. Uh, you're a recipe guy, unlike myself. I mean, if you tell me how to cook it, I can probably follow a recipe, but you're the guy that makes the recipes that I'll go ahead and yes, eat. Yes, sir. It's a, for us, in Cleveland, one of the most gloomiest towns ever with one of the worst football teams ever on the face of the earth, at least over the last 15 years. Things may be changing with new ownership that happened today. Nevertheless, it's also starting to get freaking cold. I am doing the show now in a sweatshirt, sweatpants. Even though my ass gets hot during the show, I still have to put on pants because it is now getting colder. So we're looking for some recipes, two that I have in mind that we'll talk about, that are going to give you that warm, inside, comfort food feeling. And the first thing that I saw a couple weeks ago was that potato soup bar recipe that you had that I think everybody could take advantage of. Honestly, it's one of the most fun things that we make. And in this weather, though I'm sitting outside right now in a T-shirt at whatever, 6.30 at night, <laughs> and it's probably still 70 degrees. I apologize for that. That's, I have nothing to do with that. That's I choose to, to live here. I, live. I choose to live here. Yeah, and I choose to live here. Uh, so, it's, look, it's really simple. You should go to the, the website for all the details, cookingguy.com. Uh, in the search box on the recipe page, type in potato soup. And it will tell you what to do. But basically what you're doing is this. You're taking a couple of potatoes, peeling them, cutting them into even pieces, putting them in a pot. Uh, in will go some chicken broth. And then you'll let them boil for about 15 minutes until they start to soften. The same time you do that, you take a, a big red onion, chop it up, and put it in a pan with some olive oil or some butter, and you start to soften that down. At the point when the potatoes are soft enough, that you can poke a, a knife point into them and it goes all the way through. You take half the onions, you spoon those into the pot with the, with the potatoes, and then you take the back of a spoon or a potato masher 
and you, you sort of mash it up about three quarters of the way. Yeah. I like it a little bit chunky. Yep. While that's happening, you continue to cook the other onions till they get so well caramelized, they start to turn a little bit black. And then you're going to use those super caramelized onions, as I like to call them, as one of the toppings. Oh. And this recipe is all about the toppings. And I'm showing a picture. I'm showing a picture right now. So you have the pot of potato soup, and then you have all right. of these other things that you can build on top of the base of the soup. Right. So look, you're going to add you're going to add some uh, you know some cream to the soup and thicken it up a little bit, and it's going to get amazing and season it, and, you know. And but so now you've got a pot of soup that's made that tastes good. It's good, you know, nicely thickened, nicely seasoned potato soup. But it's all about the different toppings. And really what you're going to do is you're essentially going to make yourself like a topping bar. And it's the easiest dinner in the world that you can make for friends or family because once the soup's made, and you can make it a day before, four days before, it doesn't really matter. You put the toppings out, you warm the soup, and you let your friends dress the soup the way they want. And so here's the things that I, I put on. Little uh, crispy Chinese, uh, Chinese Asian noodles, right? Yep. You buy in a can. Leftover cooked-in, uh, leftover steak, little bits of sausage cooked, chopped up fine. Um, bacon, important. Um, shredded uh, cheddar cheese or whatever, Monterey Jack cheddar mixed cheese, whatever you've got. Diced up green onions. You've got these these super, um, super caramelized uh, red onions. I say what you do is you open your fridge and whatever the hell is in there, you use. If you've got uh, breadcrumbs or croutons, you've got croutons in your cupboard. Even if you just have the crumbs at the bottom of a bag of croutons, <laughs> they're going to add crunch, they're going to add texture, they're going to add flavor, they're going to thicken it up. You know, any kind of peppers that you have. If you have some roasted peppers in a jar, chop those up. If you have leftover uh, roasted vegetables from the night before, chop those up and put them out. You've got, you know, 10 different bowls of these toppings. You give your, you give your guests a bowl of soup uh, and little spoons to put any of these toppings they want, and they just go to town, man. You make some good, you know, garlic bread or just grilled bread on the stove or the oven or, you know, the grill, whatever, whatever weather you've got, grill it any way you want crispy bread to dunk into it. You've got the bacon, the onions, the cheese, the, you know, the diced chicken, diced leftover turkey, whatever that stuffing, anything you've got, you put into this thing. It's I mean, always, honestly, one of the best things I make it. And every time I, I make it, my wife will go, why haven't we had this more often? And I go, oh, just because I forget what to make. You that's forget, right. You know, and you're cleaning out all of the uh, leftovers in the refrigerator, which is actually a, a great thing as well. Uh, so, right, so here's a perfect night to make it. Yes. Sunday night. Sunday night, and then whatever's in the fridge from the week before, that becomes what goes into your soup. There honestly, you, you cannot go wrong with this. And potatoes are, are the, like the cheapest ass thing you can buy on the planet. There's yes. nothing. Correct. You got potatoes, broth, some, you know, uh, whipping cream that goes into it, heavy cream, just to thicken it up, and then seasonings and whatever leftover junk you've got. Open your freezer and take a look what's in there. You'd be surprised at what can go into this. 
Absolutely. So uh, take a look at that, thecookingguy.com, and then uh, just go ahead and search potato soup, and uh, you'll be able to get that recipe as well. And the pictures just look absolutely fabulous. Uh, yeah, cool. Well, Lynn takes our pictures, and he does an amazing job. Uh, he makes my food look tremendous. He and, really does. And a very tall Asian, which is odd, like Yao Ming. Oh, my God. We call him Baby Yao. He's 6'3". <laughs> it's incredible. All right, He's 6'3", uh, and honestly, he, lo- he looks bigger in person than he does uh, on TV. It's there amazing. you go. Of course. Uh, one right. of the other recipes that I want to ask you about quickly is the uh, the, the one-pot brat. And for barbecuers, right. bratwurst are, like, right up our alley. Look, it's very simple. Um, I'm lazy. I, I don't like to do a lot of cleaning. And if I can make something in one pot, I will do it. So really think about a bunch of onions in a pot and peppers. Mm. Slices of a yellow onion and green pepper, a whole bunch in a pot with some butter. Let them soften. Throw in some beer. Throw in some seasonings. Throw in some brown sugar. And throw in broth. And really, you're kind of done. Just let it happen. Whether you use broths that are already cooked, what do you prefer? The uncooked. Of co- yeah, I, I prefer uncooked. And then, of course, me, the show, we're going to go ahead. We might beer bath them like, you're kinda, like you did on the show. And then we'll always go ahead and, and kind of flash them on the grill to get those char marks. Right. So this is a little different. You could do that if you want. You could do that first. But this is really like slow cooking the broth in the peppers and the onions and the brown sugar and the beer and the seasonings. And just let it sit there and do its thing. And then you're going to put them on a bun. And I don't feel like I have to do this, but I will in case people don't think of it. A bun that you open up, a super fresh, gorgeous bun that you open up, and you put the broad in and the onions and the peppers, you know, and some really good mustard and stuff like that. I mean, yes, it would be fantastic. But do yourself a favor. Put a little, maybe a little butter on the bun. Open the bun, a little butter or a little olive oil. And then put it on a grill or on a nonstick pan or a flat top, whatever. When you take the bun and you crisp it up a little bit and you put some color on it, you're just bringing one more flavor to the table and a texture. And it's it's so much better than just a plain bun. Uh, So much better. Toasted buns are... The rule of the roost here in this house, whether it be hot dogs, hamburgers, bratwurst, whatever, uh, we certainly love that. Before I let you go, Sam, and we only got a couple minutes left, uh, we'll save we'll save the duck for next yeah. conversation. We'll yeah, save the duck no for next rush, conversation. There's no rush on that topic. No, absolutely it, not. It ain't happening anytime soon. Still banned in California. We'll talk about it next month. But yes. what is the deal with men spitting in public? And I have to say... You you may or may not like me. Well, you may not like me a little more because I think I might spit a little bit in public. You know what? Look, I see it. I think it's disgusting. I see guys get out of their car at the supermarket and they're, stuck, and they're in the parking lot. So it's not like they're on a sidewalk and they spit and I'm grossed out by it. I don't think it belongs in public. Look, you're at home. You want to, you know, Talk a loogie into your garden, that's fine. You want to spit in the sink, that's fine. You want to drop one in the toilet, I don't give a shit. But when you're out in public and there's all kinds of people around, I don't think you should be doing that. And I sent you a couple pictures from Hong Kong. Well, yes. I saw it in Hong Kong twice. 
Apparently, it's such what? a problem. They have to put signs up. People are just spitting at random to the point where you're going to have to incur a $1,500 fee from the police. Let me ask you this. Yes. Let me ask, let me ask a public spitter this. <laughs> if you were walking on a narrow piece of sidewalk, and we'll say it's narrow because you're in Cleveland and there's snow. There's building on one side. There's snow piled up on the other. And, and there's homeless on the other side. Say what? There's homeless on the other side of that. Homeless on the other side. The the people in a street of shops have taken a two foot wide shovel and made a little path for you to go. <laughs> so you don't have a lot of dodging room. Right. And a guy in front of you hoards a massive spit right in front of you where you're about to step. How do you feel about that? I don't know. Do you look at that like it's just, let me ask you this. You're in a supermarket. You're in an aisle. Yes. There's a bunch of, we'll just say for argument's sake, a bunch of women, right? right? Yes. Would you fart in front of all the women? No, I don't fart in public. I try not to. So why not? It's a bodily function. You need to get rid of that like you need to get rid of the spit. Why is the spit any different than the fart? Well, one one is olfactory uh, one is olfactory offense. So if I fart in a bunch of women at a uh, in a grocery store, they're going to smell it. If I spit off to the side on right. the aisle, but, 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 I might be able to hide point. it. Here's my point. Yes, one is an olfactory offense. Yes, one is a vi- one is a visual offense. Right. I don't want to see what's in your mouth, man. <laughs> remember, do you remember the movie Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid? Of course. Do you remember when they were in Chile and, and the old man would spit and it would come out like red and blue and who knows why? <laughs> That's how I feel about it. And well, I, I spit, but I don't spit in public where people will see it. That's right. Spitting and I know country. not to spit in Hong Kong, man. I do not want to be taxed with a $1,500 fine. Uh, well, I think we can both agree on that. Uh, no fifteen hundred. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Go to uh, Hong Kong because it's amazing. Don't spit in public. That's right. Sam Zion is the host of the Sam Livecast, Pen Multiple Cookbooks. Uh, you can find him on these websites, thesamlivecast.com and thecookingguy.com. And tune in tomorrow night for the finals of the Sam Livecast cooking competition, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific at thesamlivecast.com. Sam, always appreciate you the time. Thanks so for coming man. on. You got it. Thanks so much for coming on. Appreciate it. You're welcome. There he yeah, is. That's fine. Sam broke. Zion. Check him out. Well, my next guest is already in line. Wow. Justin. Yes. Hold on one second, all right? Okay. I ran a little long with my last guest. Oh, that's fine. That's and, fine. And now I have to go ahead and do my uh, bill paying, as they say, in the radio business. So hang on one second. I'm going to talk okay. to uh, the Centralites about Butcher Barbecue. Uh, thanks to Sam Zion uh, for joining me. Look, I know some of you think that that segment is a waste. I don't care. This is my show. We're going to get outside the box sometimes. If you don't like potato soup, that's on you. It's not on me. You know you love potato soup. You know you love bacon. Uh, so let's just go ahead and make sure that we're all friends on that, and, and we'll go from there. He's got great takes. He's got great food. He's got a great show, and he's going to be on the show for some time to come, whether you like it or not. And uh, from what I can tell, some of you don't like it. That's all right. 
Look, I've been telling you for about it for weeks. Butcher Barbecue continues to think of ways to help out their customers. How are they going to help out their customers even more? How about this? Free Butcher Barbecue for a year. That's right. Free Butcher Barbecue original injection, pork injection, prime injection for a full year of competition. Are you freaking kidding me? Free hookers and cocaine couldn't be better than that. All right, maybe the free hookers could, but definitely not the cocaine. Look, starting a few weeks ago, all you have to do, place your order online. Continue to do so all the way until October 26th, which just happens to be the Jack Daniels World Barbecue Competition. Now, entry closes when the winner of the Jack is announced. And here's the best part of all of this. The winner of the free butcher barbecue injection for a year will be announced right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Now, in true Jack Daniels qualification process, every order placed from now until the winner of the Jack is announced, your name will be added to the hopper every time you place an order. Let me give you a hypothetical situation, if you don't mind. If you buy 700 separate orders of Butcher Barbecue Prime Injection or Pork Injection or Beef Injection, your name is entered 700 times. Your odds of winning are like a billion percent. I would appreciate it. Dave would probably appreciate it actually more than me. But it's just that easy. All you have to do, go to butcherbbq.com for full details. And, of course, many of you emailing me during the off hours of the show saying, hey, this is great about the free years of Butcher Barbecue, but I was jammed up by a different injection company. I hate it, and now I'm stuck with it. What am I going to do? Continue to take advantage of the trade-in program, which is also going on at Butcher Barbecue. Uh, just go to butcherbbq.com, click on the trade-in link at the top right of the navigation of the website. You have to send in whatever's remaining of the commercially made product that you don't like, send it to Dave, he'll weigh it, and then return up to five pounds of the Butcher Barbecue prime pork or beef injection. doesn't get any better than that. And these are products that have been time-tested by many teams in different sanctioning bodies. ButcherBBQ.com. It doesn't get any better than that. We'll come back with Justin McLawn, winner of the Sam's Club Series. Right after this, stick around. We'll be right back. Get in the smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Big B, new shot, Let's go! I'm an outlaw. Give me two shots. We don't need a radio. Bring it to All right, uh, 20 till the top of the hour. 877 Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. Thanks again to Sam Zion for joining me last segment. Uh, don't forget to tune in to the Sam Livecast Cooking Championship, which will take place tomorrow night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at Fixtures Living, which happens to be a sponsor of the championship. But this store is retardedly awesome. Highly recommend visiting if you're down there in California. I'm not in California, so I will not. All right, my next guest took home the Grand Championship of the finals of the Sam's Club Series this past weekend in Bentonville, Arkansas. Here to recap their run through the series and the win this past weekend, the pitmasters of Lucky Q. Help me welcome back Justin McLaughlin to the show. Uh, Justin, thanks for hanging with me through the break. How are you, buddy? Good. How are you doing, Greg? I'm doing absolutely fabulous. Uh, any echoes going on right now? No, nothing. Sounds good. Man, I think I figured out what the problem was. And unfortunately, 
I'm not going to bore you with the details, but I'm glad we're able to ice that over. Justin, big weekend for you and the team. Uh, you've had a few days away from it now. In a general sense, and we'll get into more specifics here in just a second, how did the Cooks set up for you? Anything out of the ordinary that came up during your Bentonville, Arkansas excursion that you had to battle with, stuff like that, naked women, uh, crazy fans, belligerent police, you name it? No, uh, it was a pretty normal cook besides the fact that I got dumped on with, uh, I didn't realize the winner of the regional had to do the chef um, cook or whatever the, that Friday night. So uh, we got uh, we, we ended up doing venison, put it that way. Uh, well, you weren't the only winner of a regional, right? No, no. There was, uh, I, I believe there were six teams that did it. Oh. They drove out of a hat. Gotcha. So, and, lucky, so lucky uh, was, you. That wasn't a big deal, I guess, but uh, uh, we ended up having some uh, bad pork and uh, a couple slices in our pork butts. So uh, luckily I had some friends around that they uh, made a quick run to Sam's Club and we had to get the meat reinspected and put us a little behind schedule. All right, so uh, once you're battling through of all of that uh, and you get your wits about you, get the meat inspected, uh, no other issues that you had to concern yourself with? No, it was a great cook, great cook. All right, uh, can you give us the road for the people that don't know, maybe weren't following Sam's as much as I was and, and some of the other centralites for competition barbecue, can you give us the road that you took to get to the championship round? Where did the local take place? Uh, Where did you win the regional at? Well, our local was in uh, Des Moines, Iowa, and uh, we ended up, I believe, fourth there. And um, then that took us to the regional, which was in Rockford, Illinois, where we ended up winning grand. And um, I guess that was the next stop was Bentonville. And uh, we were just going there for the experience and uh, try to cook our best. And, and, I mean, it was a great time. Now, you won your regional round. Did you have any extra type of confidence? I mean, obviously you've been cooking well in between, um, but did you have any extra type of confidence going on, know that you had won a Sam's regional round going into that finals uh, that put you in a better position than some of the other teams? Well, we cooked really well, and we had been cooking really well. Um, I think we had one other contest in between there. We went to uh, Omaha, River City Rodeo, Mm -hmm. and we were grand champion there. And... um, then going into that one, we had a few in between, you know, and we we cooked well the whole, everything we went to, and uh, I guess I had a lot of confidence that uh, my meat's been turning out well, and uh, the judges have been liking what I've been turning in. So I mean, that's a lot of it right there. Just McGlone of Lucky's Q joining me here on the show, breaking down the win this past week in the Sam's Club's final. You know, this kind of an event, you are going up against top talent. Everyone wants to win the big check. Obviously, get those bragging rights. Do you have to come into this event with an even tighter focus as some of the other ones, or is it the same for you guys in Lucky Q, no matter what the contest, every weekend? There's a different set of focus. I mean, we don't change any other routine. Uh, we still hang out Friday night and stay up as late as I normally do and have a good time with all our Iowa friends. And uh, we just we, we take it all in, and I think that's a lot of it. But when it came down to Saturday, it, it was all focus. And uh, I didn't leave the pit a whole lot. I was making sure everything was right. Um, I normally am a walk around a lot and talk to people, and I kind of kind of stayed around camp a little bit more than I normally do because I want to make sure the pit was right where I wanted it. All right, so let's go ahead and get into the meat categories usually a little bit. Um, let me ask you this because I know it was different in, in the finals. Were they calling top 10 overall or were they going deeper than that? Uh, I believe it was top 10, yes. All right, so you start off with chicken, obviously. You get a six-place call in chicken. How did the chicken taste to you turning it in? Was it sixth place? Was it better? Was it worse? What do you think? 
it was uh, the score was well deserved in my mind. Uh, I mean, it was plenty. It was high. Uh, one of our better chicken scores in a while. Uh, it was juicy. I mean, it was everything I wanted, I guess. And it's just the judges have to agree, I guess. So let me ask you, Justin, when you're in a competition, whether it be the Sam's Club final, whether it be you know a 30 team somewhere in the middle of nowhere, or Ohio, or whatever the case may be. First item up for bids to get that call. Does it give you a sense of okay, here we go, we got some momentum building, or is it really category by category for Lucky's Q? Well, chicken's been a struggle for us. So uh, if we can get a call on chicken, we are um, we're a step ahead. But then you also get the dreaded chicken call, where that's the only call you also get. <laughs> so right. You got you got both realms, you know, of the story there, I guess. All right, so a little bit of a, a weird turn. You get ribs, 17th overall. So, you know, out of those teams, definitely, you know, the top echelon of calls, uh, but you don't hear your name. How did the ribs turn out to you guys? I mean, how did you think they tasted as you're running them to the tent, and were you happy with 17th overall? Well, the people in the camper, um, they thought the ribs were good. They had really good flavor. Um, I think they could have used about, you know, a little bit longer on the pit, but it was time to go, and, um, they weren't overcooked by no means, but they weren't perfect by no means, you know. So uh, I was confident that they weren't going to tank, tank, but uh, you never know, I guess. You know, you, you get that couple of judges that don't agree with that. Justin McGlone joining me here from Lucky's Q, the pit master of the team that just won the Sam's Club final. When you don't get that call, are you immediately concerned, uh, or do you know that you have the two other categories to kind of make up for that? Well, I was a little nervous with the ribs for the fact that uh, when I was cutting up the extras to package them away, and I ran into a couple of broken bones, and I didn't notice them um, when I was trimming them. Anything like that it was one of those that were kind of hidden. Um, I'm hoping, I'm pretty confident that it was off a separate rack. I didn't turn in, but you, you have that in the back of your mind that you know that that could be possibly there. I guess. All right, so we move past ribs. You get the pork seventh overall. So the name is called again. Obviously, very high. Uh, how did the pork turn out for you that day? Um, pretty much like we've been turning out, turning in week after week. Um, I think the tenderness was there. Uh, the the group all said the flavor was there. Um, I struggled with getting a little bit of uh, chunks that I wanted because of tenderness issues on some couple butts, but it was it was looked great. It was one of the best looking boxes we've turned in all year. All right, so great job on that one. And then brisket second overall. So you got to be pumped that you were only one away from winning that category. Obviously, uh, well, every time I say obviously, it's not the case. Did you think the brisket was as high as it would have been? That was uh, one of the best briskets I've ever cooked in my competition career. Are um, you are you a, like a Wagyu guy, or are you just uh, what you're getting at the big box stores? Uh, Wagyu. Okay. Wagyu. And it had excellent flavor. It was Tenderness was right on. Um, I, I, cut, I cook two briskets every time, and... I cut in the first one, and I cut in the second one, which I always have my favorite, and my favorite actually turned out this time, which is sometimes not the case. So let me ask you this, Justin. Before the overall awards are called out, I'm sure the team and you have a few minutes to kind of figure out maybe where you shook out over the category calls. Uh, Were you guys confident about a win? Were you hoping for like a top top five finish or a top ten finish? Where was the mindset for you and the team? I was my mindset, um, I guess I wasn't really talking to anybody. Um, I was kind of in my own little world. Uh, <laughs> uh, and there's a lot of time between each call, too, so it really draws the um, intensity up a little bit, I guess, on you. I was thinking top five um, after the calls. You know, there's a lot of 180s. There's some really high scores. you got to make up a lot of points when there's big scores like that. 
Justin McGlawn joining me here on the show. When Lucky's Q is called as grand champ, some of those initial emotions and feelings that hit you and, and what you're talking about with the team. I was unreal. Uh, first thing I went to is my wife, which uh, she, she's been there for thick and thin and the no calls and everything else. <laughs> and I gave her a big hug and it's, I had all my best friends with me and uh, some other good friends from competition. And it was, it was unreal. Uh, the feeling, I mean, I've watched some of the video, and I don't remember some of the stuff that happened. It just kind of flies by. Well, it's funny because uh, when I was talking to the winner of the Jack Daniels Invitational and uh, in the Open, they both made mention to the fact that there was probably a, a, a certain percentage of time that they don't actually recall because of the amount of joy and emotion that overtook them. Um, and that's really like it, if you're not going to remember it, better remember because you're so happy, right? Yes, exactly. I mean, <laughs> you wake up and you're standing on the stage holding the trophy, and you know, it's kind of it's it's unreal feeling. Yeah, and that check doesn't hurt either. Uh, Justin nope. McGlawn joining me here on the show. I know the Sam's Club Championship is only in the second year, so when you compare it to events like the American Royal or the Jack Daniels, uh, it doesn't have that comparable history per se. But where do you think it stacks up this competition, and of course, all of those preliminary events to get into the finals? Where do you think it stacks up in regards to those events? in regards to the level of competition and popularity? I think the popularity is there, uh, and the competition definitely is there. You can see what this last weekend what it was, and or regionally even. Um, you get a lot of good teams competing. Uh, they put up some good money, which draws the teams. Um, and actually, this event, they had stuff going on. It was a, it was a good event. It was um, well-ran, um, which all the other two we went to were too. So it, it was a good good experience, I guess, compared to everything else when you are putting the together the schedule for the year uh all competitions that you're looking at do you schedule other events to get team of the year points in case you made a run like this to the sam's club series uh because for the people that don't know when you get into the regional when you get in the finals uh, there's no kcbs team of the year points uh or are you not necessarily out to chase uh, team of the year for kcbs at this time uh, my goal coming in the year tell you the truth was to have my team on the top 25 in one category and uh well we added these two extra sam's club events and there's two grand championships that aren't on my scores and some really good scores so we basically kind of focused on enjoying the rest of the year and the other opportunities that were offered to us by winning these and uh just having a good time with it i guess yeah absolutely and you know it seems because you're out of uh, is it denver iowa yes all right, Denver, Iowa, you know, uh, kind of a, another team that's coming out of Iowa, which really seems to be this barbecue hotbed almost coming out of nowhere over the last two or three years, or at least not really knowing those teams out of Iowa. Anything that you can attribute to Iowa's barbecue success? I mean, there's just a number of teams, even in the top five, top 10 of KCBS, top 25. Uh, you guys holding some type of secret out there that the rest of the people don't know about in the country? Well, I told you last time. I said there, there's a lot of competition, so it, it strives you. You know, you strive to get better and better. But uh, I think a lot of it is is we're all fairly close knit, and uh, if you're having a problem in a ca- problem in a category, you uh, you don't have to go too far and ask a few questions on a few. You know, you'll get some help here and there. Maybe you know if you can pick it up. And they're they're really open about things, and I think everyone's wanting to see everyone else do good. And I enjoy seeing my friends get really good calls. And uh, I think it goes likewise all the way around the board. 
So the obvious question is this. You've won a Sam's Club Regional. You've won the Sam's Club Final. You've won other grand championships during the course of this year. Barbecue class competitions proliferate everywhere right now. Is there a Lucky's Q's class that is going to be in the offing that people can start potentially signing up for? Not a chance. Not a chance? No, I, I'm, uh. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm still learning. So uh, I guess once I'm done learning, then I'll start teaching. But uh, I, I'm actually looking at doing a backyard barbecue class just to help some people around town and uh, just in, enjoy doing that type of stuff and helping people, you know, just make their barbecue better in general. There you go. Uh, Justin McGlawn is the pit master of Lucky's Q. They just won the Sam's Club Series for 2012. And uh, it probably is not out of the realm of possibility that you'd be interested in uh, repeating for 2013, correct? <laughs> that'd be, uh, that'd be <laughs> very unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, Justin, appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on. I'm glad we were able to work out those audio issues that you were kind of struggling with last time and not experiencing during this interview. Uh, major congratulations on the huge win. Continued success with you and the team. I'm sure we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks a lot, Greg. You got it. There he is, Justin McGlaw. Lucky's Q. I'm not going to tell you what I did to fix the audio. Needless to say, it could get very sketchy from here on out. That's all right. A little more pre-planning on my process, and uh, we're all good to go. Hey, man, what's that old saying? Strike while the iron's hot, buddy. People want you to do a class, do it. You charge 600 bucks a person, uh, another $200 for a spouse. Boom, you're making money hand over fist. Everybody else is doing it. Don't be afraid. I'm ready to give a cooking class here in Cleveland starting next week. I'm charging $758,000. I'm going to be flying in top men in the industry to actually teach that class for me. Not really. Maybe. Let me talk to you for a few minutes about the longest-running sponsor of the show, located in Warminster, Pennsylvania, the Barbecue Guru. Gang, if you've been thinking about automatic pit temperature control devices for your cookers, then stop here. This is the company that started it all. They are the creators of this technology. Why would you buy from anyone else anywhere on the face of the earth? I don't know. You don't know. I don't know. Let's not know together. Let's go with the Barbecue Guru. And here's what's great, right? This is a product where if you're a busy working professional, maybe you're a stay-at-home parent and you have 15 kids at home and they got softball, basketball, tennis, volleyball, you name it, swimming, you don't have time to put a brisket or a pork butt or ribs or whatever the case may be on your cooker and then 10 pit temperature control. Forget it. You don't want to maintain that pit temperature by yourself. This is where the guru comes in. You have a bunch of different options to choose from depending on the budget, depending on your level of geekdom, as I like to say. You have that CyberQ Wi-Fi unit, so you don't actually have to get out of bed at all. Blake Moody, use duct tape. Man, I have a duct tape take that I've been saving for weeks. Someday I'll get to it. You can check the barbecue guru from your bed, from your smartphone, from your netbook, from your tablet, whatever the case. If you have a Wi-Fi connection, you have the ability to check internal temperatures of meat, to make temperature adjustments on your cooker. And if you don't want to get it, you can also get the CyberQ2. You can get a DigiQ DX2. You can get the PartyQ. That's 130 bucks. Are you freaking kidding me? Automatic pit temperature control for $130. It doesn't get more beneficial, economical, or easier than that. 
Now, it's $10 more for those ceramic units because of the vent down at the bottom. You need a little special shimmy dog willy. But you got to be kidding. It runs on AA batteries, completely portable. You can move it from this unit to that unit to that unit if you're cooking on four different units during the course of four different days or four in the same day, different times, of course. It's great. Also, the Onyx Cooker. If you're looking for a new cooker, this is obviously well-insulated. It can hold the half and full pans for food service and easily compatible with any barbecue guru pit temperature control device. You go to the website, thebbqguru.com. You check out all the products. If you have any questions on what to order, you dial them direct, 800-288-GURU. 800-288-GURU, and they'll get you outfitted with exactly what you need to get you up and running right out of the box. 800-288-GURU or thebbqguru.com. The Barbecue Guru, a breakthrough in barbecue technology. We'll be right back to wrap up the first hour right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue, it's the Barbecue Central Show. Who would have thought this music thing was going to go this far? Who would have thought this barbecue thing was going to go this far? I never, I never asked, asked for this. For this fast living, I never asked the for the free gifts, the barbecue sauce, the injection. There's whiskey in my soul. There's barbecue in my soul, brother. I've been driven down that open highway, finger near, because I do things my way. The next barbecue stops where I call home. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to shine down the line. I'm going to go into the never do what I'm told I was born with that way. All right, uh, quickly, let's wrap up the first hour. Uh, thanks to Sam Zion, Sam the Cooking Guy, for joining me in the first interview segment. Uh, be sure to tune in to samlivecast.com for the uh, finals of the Sam Livecast cooking competition. Also, thanks to Justin McLawn for winning and talking to me about the Sam's Club Series finale took place in Bentonville, Arkansas. Uh, we moved to the second hour. I got some second takes. And then on top of that, great guests. Stick around. I'm going to refresh. You refresh as we listen to the Barbie Central show right here on the Barbie Central Radio Networks. This is Jim Minion from Two Loose Screws. I'm listening to Barbecue Central. From my heart and from my hand, why don't people understand my intention? Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Fine, how's it going? <laughs> you have a great show, I'm a big fan. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono! It's all about the Charbono, dude! Succulent fish, what? He ate 50 before wiener. I'm listen, Lavernia, shake face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> you could use it to fight off creeping marauders looking to take your steaks off your grills. I just like being anywhere with Junior, Senior, and Diva. Sounds like a whole lot of the movie. <laughs> wow, yeah, really. <laughs> keep it hot, keep it clean, keep it lubricated. We have top men working on it right now. Who? Top men. 
All right, just like that, we are into the second hour. If you want to get in touch with the show, 877-448-0433, greg at com. Any ideas, thoughts, comments about the first hour or just whatever, in general, the world of barbecue and grilling? Happy to talk to you. All right. Got another Justin. All right. Um, let me talk to you briefly about uh, there was a – I had a Facebook post that was on – I don't know if it was on the, the Barbecue Central like. If you haven't gone to the Barbecue Central radio show home, uh, Facebook fan page, go over there and like it. I got like 130 likes. It's completely ridiculous. It's one of the most embarrassing things ever on the face of the earth. But it was either on my personal page or uh, the Barbecue Central page that uh, I think it was Blake who is in the in the room right now. Blake Moody um, was asking me about. Um, well, he maybe wasn't even asking me about, but he was saying that there was a nice write up on the Draper's Barbecue website about uh, Guy Fieri being inducted into the Hall of Fame, and so I, I want to take this moment if I will, before we get into some other stuff, depending on time. I want to make it absolutely clear. Um, go to the two, uh, Shane's website. See that Ernie Rupp wrote about the Barbecue Hall of Fame at the American Royal. Really went into depth about Guy. And let me tell you my definitive take on this whole thing once and for all. So we are not um, splitting hairs. So we don't have any type of discrepancy at all. I do not think for one second that Guy is a douche. As much as I love to say the word, I, I don't think Guy is a douche. I'm not saying that Blake thinks that he... I'm not saying that Blake said I thought he was. But I want to get that out there. I don't think Guy is a douche at all. I would love to throw beers with Guy. I would love to hang out with Guy. I would love to have Guy cook for me. All of that stuff. I think he's a great guy. I think he's... In regards to TV, he might be one of the most... Uh, genuine people in front of the camera, off the camera, second only to your host. What you see on the show is what you get in person. I mean, there's there's no doubt about it. He should absolutely 100% not be in the Barbecue Hall of Fame. So here's the deal. I understand, and we talked about it a little bit, with Danielle Domofsky of DVQ last week before the show went tats up. I understand that the American Royal has bought the rights to the Barbecue Hall of Fame. I understand that they want to make it a brick-and-mortar thing. I understand that they want to put the right people in, all that good stuff. I think, and Guy is getting the brunt of the category, not that I don't think that Guy is a good guy, Per se, because I like him. I watch his shows. Absolutely, I watch his shows. Um, I don't even have a problem necessarily, like Blake does, with the way he dresses. Blake thinks he dresses like a coop. I don't. You dress how you want. You love who you want. You marry who you want. You dress how you want. That's up to you. You're a human being. You're an adult. You do what you want to do. It's not up for me to judge. Cast no stones in a brick house if you got glass iron windows. I think that's how the saying goes. But there is absolutely no reason that he belongs in a barbecue hall of fame. 
There is zero reason that Guy Fieri belongs in a barbecue hall of fame. Uh, he is not, and many people will try and come to his defense and disagree with me this, he is not a uh, established, long-standing, hugely successful barbecue cook. He's not. Can he cook barbecue? Sure. Can I? Yes. Has he taken place in more competitions than I have? Yes, but probably not by many. And I'm not going to buy the fact that he is a integral or consistent part of the Motley Q crew barbecue team. I think that's patently BS. He wasn't there for when they were doing all the big winning last year uh, and a lot of the competitions that have taken place that year. They've won competitions this year. He's not been a part of that. Uh, so because you're a celebrity and because you're a big guy, doesn't mean that you're allowed to continually attach your name to the people actually putting in the work. And I'm sure the team would probably have a problem with me saying that, but I don't care. That's just a matter of the fact. So to have a celebrity, I'm only talking about the celebrity thing, Diane. Let's not get confused. Let's not mince words. So to have a celebrity category for barbecue is a terrible, horrific and it is a disingenuous service. It does a disingenuous service to the whole Hall of Fame aspect. If you want to induct Henry Ford into the Barbecue Hall of Fame because he mass-produced charcoal, and which is what a lot of uh, barbecuers do, I have no problem with that. Captain of industry. Ford's production lines, uh, charcoal. Is he the first guy to develop charcoal? Absolutely not. Patents show it. History shows it. Is he the first guy that took the charcoal idea in briquette form and was able to produce it mass to the public? Absolutely. Should he win accolades for that? Sure, absolutely. I have no problem with him going into the Barbecue Hall of Fame. Johnny Trigg, I have no problem with him going into the Hall of Fame. To have a celebrity category smacks the other two people in the face. What's a celebrity? Who's a celebrity? What's the criteria to judge on that? Can Guy bring a big crowd? Look, gang, by all accounts, not well attended. The Barbecue Hall of Fame induction ceremony, not well attended. Inducting Guy Fieri into that didn't bring throngs of people to watch people get inducted into the Barbecue Hall of Fame. I'm a celebrity. I can go ahead. Can I be inducted into the Hall of Fame next year? Absolutely. I can make a point. That while my celebrity isn't necessarily that big, it is perhaps bigger than his in the community, and that I do more than he does for the barbecue and grilling community. So why shouldn't I be in the Hall of Fame? Exactly, you're laughing. I'm laughing too on the inside. You just can't see it because I'm maintaining a very professional decorum. But to have him in the Hall of Fame is completely ridiculous. Same thing for any other celebrity that is going to be inducted from now on. I know it's a pub grab. I know that you want to get people and you want to get attention and all of that stuff. But let me make it absolutely clear. I like Guy. I want to hang with Guy. I want to eat his food. I want to throw beers with him. I want to high-five him and wear his sunglasses backwards and his wrist sweatbands. He should not be in the Hall of Fame. Take a look at this. We love barbecue. Some of us might live in an area where you can take advantage of this. I can't only but a couple months a year. Look at this thing. A barbecue dining boat. Are you kidding me? 
Uh, this boat has a built-in barbecue, an umbrella, a trolling motor. It provides water bone cookouts for up to 10 adults. It's one of the best things I've ever seen in my life. Look at this thing. Here's your table. Here's your grill. Here's a cutout where you take the grill out, and then you can just sink it right back in. Obviously, it's a kettle-style grill. has a nice uh, thermometer there as, uh, as we look. Let me go ahead and give you a, a more close-up picture here. Look at that. It's cooking there. you got beer. Get your table settings. Of course, you have that nice umbrella right there. These people are very happy. This guy's got a martini. Guy after my own heart. One of the greatest things ever. However, <clears throat> let me see if I can pull this up real quick before we uh, run out of time. Position. Left. Uh, let me show you the uh, price tag. $50,000. What? Gang, are you boning out $50,000 for this boat? I'm going to guess a lot of you are in the no portion of that. Uh, I'm just guessing, of course. Now, is it one of the coolest things I've ever seen in my life? Yes, absolutely. Who wouldn't want to? Look, there's your trolling motor. You have the umbrella right there. Friends and family. You have the grill. Uh, here's your grill right here. I mean, it's it's a fabulous idea, but I am not paying $50,000 for that. There's absolutely no way I'm paying $50,000 for it. It's absolutely cool. There's no doubt about it. I'm absolutely not paying not paying $50,000 for that. I would rather buy half of a Porsche. Plus, I don't really have, well, I don't know if I want to go on Great Lake Erie with that. If you know what I mean. I may be wearing the charcoals. Uh, next week on the show, confirmed Meathead Goldwyn will be joining us. I'm not sure if he's going to be first. He's going to be making that switch from uh, second hour to the first hour. But I'll keep you up to date on that. All right, Mike McLeod from MMA Creative coming up next segment. Before we get to him, let me tell you quickly about Barbecuers Delight Wood Pellets. Uh, I do have a pellet grill in my possession. First thing I did when I got it, I called Candy over at Barbecuers Delight, hooked up with the Barbecuers Delight brand, widely considered to be the pellet resource for pellet-fired cookers. Now, maybe you don't have a pellet cooker, no problem. You can still take advantage of the pellet revolution on your gas or charcoal grill or smoker by grabbing the cast iron pot option. You buy yourself a nice sampler pack of pellets, you load one-third cup into the pot, and then place it into your cooker or grill. And let that sweet, succulent smoke take care of the rest. And really, when you think about it, it's a sterile smoking product, it's a clean smoking product, because these are made from sawdust, which generate and it's pressurized that generates the heat. Any of those contaminants present in the wood eliminated. Again, a sterile smoking wood product of consistent quality. Pellets are easy to use. You don't have to soak them in water prior to use. And it's so easy to blend wood flavors and produce consistent results each and every time with Barbecuers Delight wood pellets. So do yourself a favor. You grab some Barbecuers Delight pellets right now. Visit them at the website bbqrsdelight.com. Check out all of the flavors that they have. The sassafras the savory herb, your traditional stuff, the apple, the hickory, the oak, 
They have a wine-infused oak as well. 14 different flavors, I think it is. That's where the count is right now. You're not going to get any better than that. Stop fussing with the sticks and the chunks. Stop it. BBQRSDelight.com. Barbecues are like the choice of competition cooks and backyard schmucks just like me. Go to it now. Barbecues Delight. That's BBQRSDelight.com. All right, when we come back, it is Mike McLeod, CEO and president of MMA Creative. We'll talk to him about the Sam's Club as well on a more business side and the World Food Championships coming up. Stick around. We'll be right back. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Well, I guess that gives it away. figure out how to get that out of the way. 877 Show.com. Just past 14 minutes of uh, 10 o'clock Eastern. Make your time zone adjustments as necessary. Uh, joining me, my first guest for the second hour, you can find him as president and CEO of MMA Creative, uh, the branding partner of KCBS. And uh, we're going to talk to him about the Sam's Club final and some other stuff that's race over the hotline. And grab him up, friend of the show, Mike McLeod, joining me here. Uh, Mike, how are you, buddy? Hey, Greg. How are you? I'm great. Uh, good. I'm absolutely fabulous, and I appreciate you uh, taking time to join me tonight, Mike. Uh, any uh, any feedback on your end or anything like that that's going on right now? I, there's a little bit, but I think I can hear you just fine. All right. Uh, so we'll go. You want me to try and call you back and correct it? No, no, no. Let's rock and roll. All right. Rocking and rolling, as it were. Uh, Mike McLeod joining me here on the show, uh, president and CEO of MMA Creative. Just this past weekend, Bentonville, Arkansas, saw the Sam's Club Finals take place, uh, second year in a row. Justin McGlawn was just joining me, kind of recapping as a Cook's perspective uh, what it was like for him at the finals, at the regionals, at the locals. Uh, but as someone who was integral in getting with Sam's and helping KCBS kind of get this whole thing together in a partnership and now what is a, a barbecue series, how do you find it coming into 2012 as it ends uh, things that maybe could have been better, things that uh, maybe exceeded expectations, and, of course, what are you looking at 2013? I hope the, the previous report was positive. Um, I just got into the condo, so I wasn't able to hear it. But uh, from a, from our perspective, uh, organizer perspective, marketing perspective, it was another uh, success if we built on the success of the first year. Uh, Sam's Club has embraced barbecue uh, in a way that no other corporate citizen ever has. They've brought other corporate uh, players to the table, which we fully expected and um, appreciated. Uh, we were able to give away $500,000 to the series. I'm not sure I should go much further than that because that's one of the biggest impacts we've ever <laughs> seen in barbecue over the last seven, eight years, or maybe 25, 30 years uh, before my time. But uh, they truly have have helped us move the needle from recognition. Uh, one of the mission points of KCBS is to make barbecue America's cuisine. 
and through the power of Sam's Club, Tyson, Kingsford, Coca-Cola, the companies that they associate with and lean on to help uh, deliver that series, we've been able to, to raise the bar, I believe, for uh, the barbecue industry in general, uh, which means that it has helped the competitors. Um, it has helped the industry. It's helped uh, raise awareness for membership. It's raised scholarship dollars uh, beyond belief. So, And it's, it's just propelled our ship right now. So I, I feel pretty good about it. I went to the Canton, Ohio local qualifier, which saw – uh, Munch and Hogs at the Hilton uh, taking a reserve grand on that Squealers barbecue winning. Uh, but that's only, you know, an hour and change away from my house. And I think, I guess, being able to go out and see it, for me, it's it's unique in the fact that, you know, I talk to a number of these pitmasters uh, every Tuesday, but I don't get to see them face-to-face. Uh, I got to visit with the current reigning KCBS Team of the Year in Robert McGee and Munch and Hogs at the Hilton and a number of other teams that I've either seen finish high in the rankings or maybe not so high in the rankings, but just kind of follow them along because this is what we do for the show and finally get to shake hands. Here's the thing that I thought was unique. When I'm driving down, I'm like, God, I hope it's not set in some field. There's going to be mud and muck and mire and all this other stuff. And I'm like... What the hell are you talking about, Rempy? This is going to be in a Sam's Club parking lot. I mean, they're at the facility. You could go shop if you wanted to. These are clean, well-run events from local to regional all the way down to the finals. What kind of a of a process is it when you're talking to Sam's about where these are going to be, what's expected of them as a store or a corporation or as a partner, and how does that whole thing unfold for you guys? Well, it unfolds with a lot of work, a lot of preparation, a lot of um, uh, planning on our part and with KCPS. Sam has been um, very cooperative and very supportive of the, the overall series and trying to make sure that we do a first-class operation, first-class contest at every one of their stores. It, not only does it uh, reflect on KCPS and barbecue in general, but it reflects on Sam's Club. So. We worked with them early on. In fact, planning has already begun for 2013 uh, to look at the the uh, geographical regions that we want to hit next year. And we we looked at the existing landscape of competitions to try not to cannibalize or hurt existing competitions. They're very sensitive to that. It's not always possible, but um, there's going to be an impact here and there, we know. But um, SANS is about doing a first-class operation, so we have to, as an organization, KCBS and MMA Creative uh, as its agency of record. We have to make sure we live up to their live up to their standards, and um, uh, it is a constant year-round, twelve-month planning and logistics and implementation strategy. And uh, we couldn't make it possible if it weren't for hundreds of volunteers, uh, the great KCBS staff, uh, Troy Black, who's our series uh, tour director, and then um, incredible staff that I have at MMA Creative. Mike McLeod joining me here on the show, uh, President and CEO of MMA Creative, as you just referenced. MMACreative.com, by the way, is a website if you want to check them out. Uh, maybe need somebody to, to give you a little promotion or a rep you in the right way. Um, next year for the Sam's Club, is it, uh, you know, as you're looking at areas, and, and I know you said you don't want to cannibalize uh, some other longstanding barbecue competitions, because obviously I think the last time you are on we actually talked about, you know, some of the blowback was from uh, some event coordinators that said, hey, I've always been here on this weekend, blah, 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 and all of a sudden Sam's shows up and takes a lot of my teams. You're going to run into that regardless. Uh, this is barbecue becoming more and more popular. Do you find yourself looking at specific big Sam's Club regions or 
or, or traditional barbecue regions as you're looking into that, or, or what goes into the to that planning of where do we want to hold these Sam's Club events? The the short version of that is there's about four layers of consideration. Uh, first is uh, Sam's areas of emphasis that they want to help. They have a, a large club that they want to move the needle a little bit stronger on, or they have a new club that they want to give a boost to. Uh, then you've got sponsorship interests. You know, sponsors are helping underwrite this and, and um, pay the tab at the end of the day because Sam's can't pay all of it by themselves. And then we have uh, KCBS existing competitions that uh, we, we try not to cannibalize the week before, a couple of weeks before, or within a 150-mile radius. The KCBS board does a great job, uh, in my opinion, of looking at density and scope and um, logistical composition of of contest, you know, it's, it's, it becomes more and more of a challenge every year for KCBS to do this, regardless of fans. There's 425 some odd contests, coast to coast, border to border, year in, year out. You have 52 weekends, so there's going to be complex, no matter what, no matter how you look at it. And what we try to do with fans when they try to plan those 30 contests plus one national championship is make sure that we are having a minimal impact on contests that have been around for a long time. So is it going to be some impact here and there? Yes. Is a contest that usually gets 35 competitors maybe lose three or four because three or four want to compete that weekend 150, 200 miles away? Yes. Um, are we willing to accept that as a little bit of a loss to move, move the industry forward? The answer to that is yes, too. Mike McLeod joining me here on the show. Uh, Mike, you know, you mentioned the number of contests. You know, one of the things that I wonder about is you have a, a local qualifier that also gets you points to KCBS Team of the Year. Uh, so there were some teams that were just going to take place in that local KCBS qualifier. Whether they finished in that top six to move on to the regional was really insignificant to them. They just wanted the points. Is there a way or has there been any talk about giving team of the year points to KCBS teams that are there that are moving on to a regional or a finals round, or is that just something that can't feasibly happen because if you're not moving on, you know, all teams just can't enter in? Well, it's, it can be done right now under the existing KCBS rules. Um, KCBS has to, would have to modify its rules and that's a decision for the board uh, because anytime you have a qualifier type contest, the open, the local contests are open to any team that can get in through the registration process. Right. So that that qualifies you to get uh, points on the annual calendar process. But when you make it to the regional, you've been invited. So it all of a sudden becomes an invitational. And invitationals aren't open, as a, uh, and as a rule, they don't get points. So until the KCBS board of directors modifies that rule, I can't do anything about that. Fans can't do anything about it. It's just an existing policy that we have to fight by. All right. One of the other huge events uh, that is coming up, well, let me, before I ask you about the World Food Championships, you know, in, in a summary sense, and Justin LeClan was very uh, glowing in his praise for the Sam's Club Series. I mean, obviously, you know, a guy that wins it probably isn't going to say too much bad for it. He gets a big check. It's a lot of bragging rights. Uh, he won a regional round. He wins the final round. So he was doing very well through that series. Personally, you know, taking all the business sense out of it, how do you think that the second year went? And was there anything that you would change with it? Anything that you would like to see different going into next year? Yeah. 
That's a great question. We There are things that we're going to change. First of all, we go through what's called a COE process, which is a correction of errors. I don't know. We didn't make many errors this year. Most of the errors that occurred were technical in nature. Um, when you've got a 1,000 teams trying to get uh, seven, 800 spots in about three or four minutes on the Internet, you're going to have technical glitches. So we're working on trying to, to expand that uh, capacity so that, that doesn't happen next year. But... Um, the the other thing that I would I would change about 2012 that we are going to change about 2013. Uh, one is for the industry and one is for sponsorships. Number one is uh, geography and location. We we tried to have a couple more contests in the South in the Florida region, which probably didn't have enough team density to support it. But we didn't have enough in the Midwest. There's a lot of teams in the Midwest, so we're going to create more contests in the Midwest in 2013 uh, to help uh, with the, the demand of people that are trying to get in there and just couldn't get in or had to travel a long distance to reach uh, one of the local competitions. Uh, the second being sponsor integration and sponsor fulfillment. Um, you know, this is, this is one weekend out of the year at a particular club, and the sponsors who are supporting this have got to get um, great ROI for their investment, not, not only fans but the sponsors behind it. So we're going to expand the marketing uh, reach and we're going to expand the marketing scope and the marketing depth uh, behind the 2013 series. That means that we're probably going to do more sampling at more clubs in a market region, which means we'll probably hire barbecue teams to help us uh, do some sampling a week or two before the local club competition occurs and then push people to that local club. Uh, so there's going to be a little bit more grassroots, a little bit more granular support, if you will, behind the series. So the series in 2013 will probably stay the same uh, on the big numbers. It'll probably still have half a million dollar prize purse. It'll probably still be 30 contests, and it'll be one national. Uh, but we're just going to try to make sure that uh, from a market scope, market reach, market potential, that, um, that it's having more of an impact in a region, like in Dallas, for example, if you have a contest at a club, you've got eight other clubs in that region. What's happening for them? We've got uh, solutions on the table and considerations being given by SAMS right now to make sure that we have full market uh, participation around a club that's doing a contest. So that's those are some of the internal tweaks and, and improvements that we think we'll see in 2013. Mike McLeod joining me here on the show, President and CEO of MMA Creative. Uh, Mike, if I could just break out a second here before I talk to you about the World Food Championships. You know, when you look at companies that MMA Creative, KCBS might be telling you, hey, we want to target these guys, you know, what are some of the companies that aren't on board right now with barbecue that you're really looking to kind of execute and, and kill down to be customers and, and clients, participants of barbecue? I'm going to take a different angle with that question. Um, <laughs> we don't want to kill anybody. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, I don't want, to, don't, want to, don't want to hurt our chances, right? So the thing that, that we're looking at is uh, not only bringing some new companies to the table that need to be at the table. There's there's a handful of those. I don't want to show my hand on that. But there are companies that are doing things outside of the industry that are trying to do them on their own that I think can do uh, create more effective marketing if they do it collectively with us through the KCS network. Um, and here again, I'm not sure I want to mention any of those company names because they – they're trying to, to make the most use of their marketing funds right now, and who am I from an external standpoint to say that that's not working? I don't know the internal metrics. 
But I do know that we have incredible leverage at KCBS. I know, I know that we have fantastic momentum at KCBS. And I know if we can take some of those companies, just like we've taken uh, Smithfield, uh, the Beast Council, uh, Tyson, Kingsford, Research, if we can take companies like that, fold them into our tent, fold them into to our world, I think we can bring more massive impact and more uh, satisfaction to their marketing dollars than what they're doing on their own right now as they're trying to, to work in a silo. And just just a side tangent, that's one of the things that we saw that we could improve when we first joined KCBS. Every sponsorship in America at every contest that existed, there were about 200 at the time, was a silo-based single opportunity. What we did that was different than and uh, the previous 20 years of KCS history, is we found a way to string those things together into national programs where a Kingsford, a Smithfield, a Sam's Club could do something one time with one entity and, and have a national uh, scope instead of trying to deal with 15 or 20 or 30 different contests or three or four and just to hit three or four markets. So, so that's the kind of stuff that we, we hope to see grow and expand in 20, 2013. Mike McLeod joining me here on the show. Mike, before I let you go, obviously I want to let you uh, kind of talk. You there, buddy? Uh, that dude just dropped off. What? Got to call him back. It's hush hush. You're right, Meat Rake. Much like you giving away Meat Rakes tonight on the show, by the way. It's hush Hi, hush. This is Mike, thanks for calling. If you're oh, here. what? Where did you? Mike, are you in a, a, a ditch? Look, uh, nobody appreciates more than me the fact that you decided to uh, actually end your conversation with me as you were ending a question for the most fantastic things ever on the face of the earth. Hold on. Stand by. Stand by. Sorry about that, Greg. Oh, that's all right. Um, let me ask you, before, we, uh, before I let you go, I wanted to ask you about the World Food Championships for the people that uh, perhaps aren't familiar with all of this. This is you know, something that people have been qualifying for during the course of the year. Uh, what is it? Where is it? What's the prizes? What's the deal? Well, it, it was a void that I saw happening, um, that we saw that existed. You know, food festivals in general over the last four, five, six years have just been sprouting everywhere. The industry has grown. Uh, you have here again a lot of one-offs. And as I just spoke to a minute ago about sponsors trying to loop them into a national strategy, yep. we believed that there needed to be a de facto Super Bowl of food. So what we came up with, my staff and I, over the last year and a half, we came up with the Westminster Club food version of a championship. We're going to take seven categories. Uh, from barbecue and chili to sandwich and side dishes. We're going to take uh, up to 450 competitors, and we're going to pit them together, come out with seven champions, take them to a final table, and crown an ultimate food champion uh, so that these teams who spend lots of money, lots of energy, lots of passion to follow their interest in culinary sport will have a a Super Bowl, a... um, uh, an ultimate showdown where they can say they're the world food champion. Mm-hmm. We, we're, we've been very blessed. We've got fantastic partners on, uh, on our side right now. We're working with Seasons of Entertainment. Uh, we're doing it right in the heart of Las Vegas um, Boulevard and Flamingo. 
uh, Adam Richmond is our spokesperson and um, and shepherding us through this whole process. We've got companies like Kraft uh, involved with us and Tyson. So we're we're very uh, excited about what the World Food Championship is going to mean to the uh, sport of food and uh, what it can do for uh, competitors across all genres of sport competition right now, or competition food sport. Mike, I'm only asking the question on every centralite's mind. Screw Adam Rich, and how the hell am I not the host? <laughs> Are you kidding me? I'm cheap. I am. Uh, I have what some would call movie star good looks, which means I'm one of the ugliest human beings on the face of the earth. I can talk well in front of crowds. What gives? Well, you know, it was a, it was a simple oversight on my my part, Greg. Yeah. I, I I just totally apologize for that. Adam just happened to be uh, in the right place at the right time, and we joined up with him. All right, so we hope it works. I can certainly agree with that. All right, so, uh, and this is taking place exactly when? This is November 1st to the 4th, uh, 15 and a half days away, in case you're counting. Um, it's going to be, the first two days are going to happen at Valley. We're going to have seven divisions going head-to-head, come out with seven uh, categorical champions, and then the, the final day, November 4th, is going to be at Caesars, uh, right in front of um, uh, the biggest, best-known uh, casino in the world. And um, we're going to have the likes of Adam Richmond, uh, Coleman Andrews, Nadia G, uh, Barbara Fairchild, Mark Murphy, uh, you name it. We're going to have fantastic celeb- food celebrities there. Uh, the best competitors in the world are going to be there. Uh, foodies galore are going to partake in VIP events that, we, um, that we're throwing every night. But the actual competition, I want to make sure everyone knows this, the competitions that occur on Friday and Saturday as we come out with our seven competitors are free to the public. Mm-hmm. We want to show Vegas and the world what competition food sport is all about. So it, it doesn't cost a penny to come and watch uh, the likes of Leanne Whippen, uh, Rod Gray, Myron Nixon, um, use their expertise as they try to go up against some of the best barbecue chefs and then burger chefs and side dish chefs uh, and culinary experts uh, day in and day out with their with their talent. So we're we're very excited about it, and we hope that um, we hope that your audience uh, comes out and participates and and either volunteers or participates, joins or just watches and eats some fantastic food. And that will take place November first through the fourth. We're talking with Mike McLeod, President and CEO of MMA Creative. MMAcreative.com is the website. Mike, always appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on tonight. Absolutely enjoyed it. Thanks a lot, Greg. There he is. Mike McLeod. I got all the sound running through the mixer tonight now. That's dangerous. He was professional. He didn't say hello when he picked up the phone. Nobody even knew, except for the fact that, you know, there was a phone ringing. How can I do that? I don't know. i fix that. Um, oh, shit. I'm going to show green screen here in a second. Just got it back from Stephen DeFranco. This is my uh, Accutron. That. Get the product cam ready. Where's the product cam at? Here it is. This is my Accutron uh, Bolova. This is the highest line watch that Accutron makes. It is absolutely fantastic. Look at this. You you think it's got like a regular uh, clasp? 
and band. No. Look at this. Inside, it's like uh, all uh, gold, rose gold, if you will. And uh, really one of the finest timepieces that I own. Uh, of course, uh, coming in a uh, this first. And then uh, a close second, the precisionist that I have as well. Here's what you have to do, folks. If you want something like this, um, which is going very quickly, especially in the barbecue and grilling community, right? Because uh, we know somebody in the industry. Oh, it's real gold. Absolutely, it's real gold. Um, I can't wear not real gold on my person because it uh, turns my skin green, and this has not turned my screen green in the year I've had it. StephenDeFranco.com is the website. Uh, once you peruse the uh, Internet, his website, find what you like. And it doesn't just have to be watches, right? It can be rings. It can be, well, let me go do this. It can be rings. It can be chains. It can be diamond earrings, whatever the case may be. Uh, you give Steve a call, 440-943-2700. That's 440-943-2700. You say, hey, Steve, I was on the website. I heard Rempy. Big fan of the show. Huge fan. Big fan. Big fan. And I'm looking to get a huge discount on a watch or I'm in the doghouse and my wife won't let me in the bed anymore because I fucked up and I need to do something crazy to get her back to liking me again. He's going to help you out. The dollars are going to fall off. The shipping is going to be free. The warranties are going to be outrageous. But you can only do it first if you find what you like, 440 440- 943-2700 or you go to the website stephendefranco.com when you call him ask for Steve tell him you know me I'm telling you you're not going to be disappointed people all over the internet that listen to the show have been doing business with Steve rave reviews and personal emails and I can't suggest them highly enough stephendefranco.com 440-943-2700 uh, DivaQ up next stick around we'll be right back Seven seven four four eight zero four three three to get on the air. Now here's your host, Greg Rempe. Uh, Patrick, what are you talking? Are you saying I look like a terrorist? Is that what you're saying? It's pretty racist of you, Patrick. My bad. Sorry, Mike. Got a race up here. Man. It's not my first time on the show, I swear to God. Uh, look, if you were listening slash watching the show last week, you saw the show die. Pretty much right around now. Uh, not sure exactly what happened, but needless to say, I wasn't able to properly cover the subject matter with my next guest. Uh, so we reload Daniel Damaski of DivaQ. Let's race over to the hot one. And we're going to talk about barbecue crawl here tonight. Diva, how are you? Good. How are you guys? I'm doing absolutely fabulous. Look, I don't know what the hell happened. This internet is crazy. I mean, porno proliferates it. You can get it. <laughs> Would you think, Diva, in 2012 that one of the things that are still most free on the internet is porno? Um, I wouldn't know. <laughs> of course, who would? I thought it would 
be like the, uh, the the cornerstone of everything that is charged, but, I mean, evidently you can still find it for free. Nevertheless, uh, Danielle Domofsky of DVQ joining me here on the show, and uh, we talked about a whole bunch of other stuff that people can go in the archives and find, but, of course, I wanted to get you back on talk about Barbecue Crawl. So let's start back in the beginning again, and I hate to kind of rehash the stuff that we talked about before, you know, everybody else lost the feed. In the Barbecue TV landscape, all the shows that you've seen with barbecue over the last two or three years. What do you like and what do you think is lacking in the barbecue TV landscape? Well, you know, I'm a big fan of uh, barbecue pit masters. Obviously that's a, that's something I really like. I got the opportunity to do it two years in a row. Um, enjoyed the format very much. Uh, I think that there's, you know, things like Steven Reichlin, lots of uh, great content on PBS, of course. Um, Certainly even things like Anthony Bourdain traveling around up in Canada here, Michael Smith doing uh, Chef Abroad. So there's a lot of different individual uh, barbecue shows, and uh, I, uh, you know, wanted to have my own. That's been my goal for the last three, three, four years. All right. So obviously, you know, uh, maybe a lot of people don't know the fact that you were looking to get a show. Some of us know uh, the don't look behind the curtain or whatever, you know, the Wizard of Oz things was. (laughs) Is Barbecue Crawl, which is your show, is that something that was pitched to you, or were you pitching this to networks? How does that whole thing come about? Well, what happened was is that uh, three, three and a half, almost four years ago, I met a young, uh, really brilliant lady by the name of Emily Glenn, and she's a producer-director here in Toronto. And uh, we had done a, a segment for a, a network called the W Network, which is the women's network up here, and they were looking for a barbecue person to come in and do things. And one of the cool things was is that they um, uh, got to talking with me, and I got talking with them, and they were asking me about what my future was in barbecue. And I said, you know, the competitions are great. I enjoy the people so much. It's crazy. They're amazing people to deal with. I love win or lose. I mean, it's really a lot about the traveling for me and getting new people. And so we kind of collectively came up with the fact that, you know what, we wanted to to go forward and, and try to pitch a show. And, and bring out all the best things about competition barbecue and barbecue joints because that's the thing that I've been doing for years. Anybody that's been to my blog at uh, dbq.ca knows that no matter where I am, it doesn't matter if you know I've just come off of a competition, something I love to do, whatever you know location I'm in, is go around and see whatever barbecue joints I can and, and explore them because I think they've got incredible stories. And so that's uh, how it kind of came about. And, uh, you know, we, we went out and shot a, a network uh, pilot um, two years ago in Alabama. Uh, we went forward with a, a, a network called Travel and Escape up here in Canada. And, uh, you know, really proud to say that we're the first people to ever get 10 episodes right off the bat. So I'm very excited. When you were pitching it and all that stuff, you know, was it like a, an immediate buy-in? Was there any type of negotiation that needed to take place? with, okay, you know, we see where you want to go with this, but we'd rather have you do this. Uh, you know, what kind of tweaks or any type of adjustments need to be made between your pitch and, you know, the, the broadcast network before everybody jumped in? Well, once you have the uh, production company on, on board, basically what happens is, is that you sit down in many, 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 many meetings, <laughs> many creative meetings, and I mean there's a lot. Because one of the key things for me was that I didn't want a staged show. And, and let, me, let me just explain what that means. Yeah. I don't want somebody to pretend meet me. I don't want people to pretend come and have conversations with me. <laughs> um, I want 
it to be actually, you know, like my life, you know. I go into new places all the time. I get to meet people. So it had to be really authentic. And there's a wonderful woman by the name of Kit Redmond who owns RTA Media, who has produced many successful shows like Income Property, Summer Home. Um, there's, there's, she's, she's done tons. And so she, she definitely believed in me and uh, what I thought would make a great show. And Emily, of course, was at the forefront of pushing for it. And one of the coolest things was is that when you have two powerhouse women believe in you, I truly believe you can get anything done because these women uh, never wavered. And Emily has been there um, pitching it all along. And it's, it's, you know, it's come about that we now have a show that is completely authentic, that is, you know, a natural show with no stage moments, um, that is really cool, you know, really fun to be out, you know, crawling with my barbecue friends all over the U.S. and my own team and seeing competitions. And it's never about me winning, okay? Let me make that very clear because I don't win nearly enough. (laughs) (laughs) But it is about the travels, and it is about the places, and most importantly, it is about the people and their stories and barbecue, because I think they're some of the coolest people on the planet. You mentioned friends and barbecue. May, did I see you in Cleveland? What the fuck? Um, I waved as I drove by. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and hammered down on the accelerator to get out even faster, I understand. Look, uh, so everyone's on board with the show. I mean, where do you start, and, and kind of what's that plan of attack to start actually getting raw footage? Well, what happens is that you go and you have to usually do a pilot, and then you also have to do, um, you know, different testing and things like that, see if you can actually talk on camera, and and, uh, they do a lot of that because they have to invest a significant amount of coin in you. It's a, you know, these are big dollar signs at that point, and when you're the person that's carrying the show, they have to have complete confidence in your abilities to do it. So there's a lot of that, you know, they'll come up and shoot you for a couple days, you'll go and do a pilot, and then that that sizzle reel gets pitched to a multitude of networks. And so in Banff, Alberta every year, um, there are, you know, many production companies, um, the networks come up and they all get together. And one of the cool things is, is that there is a, um, there's a lot of media there from the U S and Canada and you present the sizzle reel to them and the content. And like, it's almost like a production Bible. And so they introduce me as the, as the host, and then they introduce the content, and they keep going until somebody buys it. Now, look, there's a lot. Of, we're talking with Daniel Damoski of DVQ. Uh, the website, by the way, DVQ, BBQ.com is, wait, DVQ.ca. Yeah. What right. the hell? I was writing, oh, God, never mind. Look, uh, there's a lot of people out there that would probably say they would sign up right up front and, you know, if they have this chance. But look, between you and me, nobody's listening. What's it like to have a freaking television crew in your freaking face 24-7? I mean, does it get annoying or what? Well, what happens is that, you know, number one, you have to have good personality to go on the road for six weeks because basically you're going with strangers. These are, I mean, you may know your yep. producer and director, but then you have your DOP, which is your director of photography. You have your sound technician. You have your assistant director. You have... Um, executive producers that may pop in at a point. You have your production manager. You have your uh, driver, if you've arranged a driver or whatever. Um, so you have a lot of people, and you better like them, and you better get along with them because you are stuck with them every day for like 14 to 16 hours a day. And um, in six weeks, we have, 
I think we had five, five and a half days off or whatnot. And it is a grueling schedule. For anybody that thinks that this is very easy, it is not. It takes a very special crew to do this and a crew that you don't want to kill at the end. I still like all of my crew. <laughs> Let me make that very clear. Um, they're an amazing group of people. They work their asses off. Um, this is a very challenging shoot because of the timelines. We did uh, 10 episodes in six weeks, and we never stopped. And that part of that is because we, we are keeping it to a real competition, uh, a real, you know, road show, because we're actually on the road. You know, our, my truck got broken into halfway through in yeah. West Virginia. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, it's 5.30 in the morning. I'm standing there at my truck going, oh, crap, we better film this. And I run back into the hotel and get wake my DOP up and say, hey, Joel, grab your camera. we got to film this. You know, because you just realize that every moment needs to be filmed because if they want to use it, you need to capture it. So these people have to have great personalities. They have to be easygoing. Um, they have to, you know, have silly moments and fun moments and serious moments. And they have to understand that balance between work and play. And uh, it was it was growing, but definitely I, uh, I hope to get the opportunity to do it again. Daniel Damoski of DVQ joining me here on the show, dvq.ca, which obviously means Canada for those people that are stupid. What's the best part of the show, in your opinion, Dave? Uh, best part of the show is the stories from all the people, honestly, uh, hands down. Um, I think the stories of the people I crawled with, uh, the stories from the pitmasters, the stories from the locations that have been there hundreds of years. Um, some of the, the, the most fun footage came out of probably Texas and, and Kentucky, Arkansas. I mean, I, I really did love so much of it. Um, I remember having some really cool moments, though, in Owensboro, Kentucky. There is a church picnic there that has been going on for 125 years. Wow. They serve mutton. They have pits that are 300 feet long. <laughs> um, and I'm standing there talking to a priest about barbecue. And, you know, there's stuff like that. There were some great little fans that came up to me in, in Decatur, Alabama. Love them to bits. There are my Crunk brothers in Arkansas. There's Shane Draper on this. Um, there's, you know, Team Top Chick. I've got my buddy Chris Jones. I've got, you know, Smoke on Wheels. I mean, there is there was so many great moments. I can't even begin to list them all. Uh, you talked about Kentucky. Typically, in the barbecue realms and the barbecue circles, known for mutton. How much did you like mutton barbecue? i got to tell you, I was actually really surprised. I actually liked it a lot more than I thought I really? would. Really? Uh, it was the one um, area that I'm like, oh, good God, old sheep, what are you thinking? Um, and truly, I was very, very shocked. And you'll see my re reaction because I was extremely shocked. And, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It was great. Is this, um, it was ahead. just a lot of fun. Is this a show that can be picked up or, or renewed for future seasons or things of that sort? Uh, yes, yes, it can be, Greg, and yes. I certainly hope that's going to happen. <laughs> I mean, so, like, what's the deal? I mean, you, you, you finish, you, I have no idea how television works. I'm only destined for stardom, and I continue to remain destined. So when you get a show in the can, obviously this, this sounds like it's going to be very popular. At what point do you think that a network is going to get back to you and go, slam dunk, let's sign up for season number two? Well, what happens now, and this is where, you know, I'm on pins and needles a little bit, and I, I think anybody who's had a show that they're carrying is definitely always in that same spot. What happens now is that they now take six weeks' worth of footage. Um, that is an insane amount of footage right now. There are three editors, copy editors, yeah. working on it right now, uh, non-stop. Three editors, 
uh, three executive producers, a producer director. The like, there's a whole team that is still working on barbecue crawl, even though that we're back home now. And what it is is that they're going to work on that, and they will go and cut the first episode. Once the first episode is cut, they then go back to the network, and then they show them. And I, my understanding is, this is new to me, is that the network can then say, uh, we would like to order additional episodes, or, you know, that's great, I think we'll just do it once, or, or whatever, you know. So I'm hoping that we have another season out of it. But here's what I think. If I don't get another season, yeah. it's been one hell of an adventure, and I'm telling you, I am the luckiest woman on the planet. Yeah, absolutely. Daniel Damoski joining me here uh, from DVQ. DVQ.ca is the website. So, I mean, where would you like to see this lead? Uh, obviously, you know, you would like to see it picked up for another season. Is there a master plan for you, for DVQ as the brand in the end, or is this something that just goes on the resume if it doesn't get picked up and you start looking for the next project? Well, you know, one of the things is, is that I do believe in master plans. Uh, I do believe in plotting out where you want to go and how you want to get there because I think if you don't have goals, you're just kind of, um, you know, stuck in a puddle then. Yep. So I do have a master plan, and I don't really want to say all the other parts that I want to do, but I will tell you this is that um, I put something up on my Facebook the other day. It was kind of crude, but I, I, I really think it's just kind of, it was crude, but it was true. And uh, oh, I can't get over to my Facebook. Where's my Facebook? All right. Hold Is on. it more crude than some jackhole paying $10,000 for an old Michael Jordan barbecue sauce from McDonald's? I saw that. I think that. Okay, what? so here, here I, I think that's ridiculous, by the way. Of but course. here's what I put, put on my. My Facebook the other day, it says, The only thing standing between you and your goal is the bullshit story you keep telling yourself as to why you can't achieve it. <laughs> and I truly believe that. I have goals, I have aspirations, and I have been ticking off my boxes left, right, and center. Because one of the things is is that, honestly, if we're going to look at this very subjectively, I'm a fat chick that lives in the suburbs of Canada. I'm a mom of three, and I live in Canada. Who in their right mind would give me a barbecue show? And not only a barbecue show, the only time ever where one person got ten episodes themselves. I mean, seriously, I have already beaten the odds at this point, okay? Right? <laughs> you know? So, I look at that, and I say, you know what? Hell, if this Canadian chick can get a barbecue show, what else can I do? And so I have my list, and I have my bucket list, and, you know, getting my own TV show was definitely a big part of that. So, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I've already beaten the odds, you know? <laughs> Let's bottom line it. I hate to go bottom line, but you know me. I'm always I'm either bottom feeder or bottom line. Tonight's bottom line. We broke into the barbecue business kind of together many years ago. You more on the cooking side, yeah. me more on the entertainment side, and kind of being a douche. You're not a douche. Um, <laughs> bottom line, show, pit masters, all this stuff, the competition. Is is barbecue paying the bills in the Domofsky household yet? Yes. Yes? Yes! Look. I said it before in last week's show. If it's a success story, I'm all over it, especially when it comes to barbecue and especially when it comes to people that actually know before you know we were even technically, we're not stars, whatever. 
But look, I mean, success. No, I'm, not, I'm not a TV star. But Let me make this very clear. I am just a barbecue of, chick with a dream. Of course not. But you're you're going to be on television. It's going to be you. It's going to be your show. You're going to be crawling around uh, the United States of America because that's where barbecue is. And it's not in Canada. And we all know it. So don't even lie. Oh, I'm so going to disagree with you on that. But okay. <laughs> but uh, success begets success. Uh, and so I completely love and adore the fact that you're going to come on this show and talk about it and say that at this point, because look, I mean, we know six, was it six, seven years ago? Yeah. It was all about is barbecue going to pay some bills, some bills, not the yeah. bills. Uh, so to get to this point, I mean, how gratifying is it to know that you came onto some shitty website that I used to run and sold to some <laughs> other guy for a bunch of money? You get some info, you start competing, you're a judge, and now, boom, this is where you're at. I mean, what does it mean to you? Well, you know, it's one of those things that I, I, it's not just what it means to me. Let me give a full credit to my family and friends. Sure. Because if I didn't have my family and friends complete and full support, I would not be here, period. You know, I got a Mac Daddy of a husband that rocks. He is, like, just awesome. Um, I have, you know... A mother-in-law and a father-in-law and a sister-in-law and a brother-in-law that have moved mountains and schedules and done everything they can. Not to mention, like, a huge list of friends that have done everything they can to help me and support me. And, and, and you know, that it's, you know, it's kind of like I can't take all the credit myself. That would be that would be so wrong. But what it means is, is that my friends and my family um, have, have just been the best people on the planet, you know, I, I truly, you cannot say that <laughs> you cannot say that, you know, I did not have help to get here. And so I'm, I'm truly blessed. I, I mean, really, when you have that much support with your family and friends and, you know, of course, the barbecue central radio show and good karma as always, of course. Uh, you know, you have it all. And, and that's why I always say, you know, it, when I go to a contest, if I don't win, if I, if I don't do well, I, I don't feel like I'm just letting myself down. I'm letting my whole team down. And my team is not just my, my awesome Diva Q team. It's my family and friends, too. So, you know, the thing is, is that, uh, you know, you just you keep plugging away. You keep working hard and your family believes in you. And if you have a cheering squad like my family is, where they completely will do anything to help you and, and, and support you and, you know, anything to help you live your dream, then damn it all, you've already won, period. Absolutely. Daniel Damascu joining me here on the show. Uh, she will be the star of Barbecue Crawl. You know, a lot of people asking me here, is it going to be in the U.S.? What do you know about that? Oh, I will tell you right now. <laughs> all right. This is, uh, this is, not, this is uh, up and coming. Um, I will tell you that the content is very, very good for the U.S., and then I have no other information at this time, but we can certainly hope. All right. So we'll certainly hope. Daniel Damoski is the pitmaster of DBQ Competition Cooking Team, the host of Barbecue Crawl. Uh, Dave, I appreciate you coming back on after last week's debacle. We were able to get it in. And I even actually went better this week than it did last week, which is absolutely <laughs> phenomenal. Always appreciate the time. Thanks so much. See you guys. There she is, Danielle Damoski, DBQ. DBQ.ca. How did how did Gary Vaynerchuk get up in my piece? I'm going to eject him and then I'm going to pop him at the end. All right, here we go. It's going to be. It's not going to happen. Good. Wait, did I stop it? Good, I stopped. It. All right, Kevin, I'm almost out. Here we go. 
first hour guest, Sam Zion, Sam the Cooking Guy, thecookingguy.com, thesamlivecast.com. Look, it's really worth the checkout, whether you're catching it on video podcast, audio podcast, or whatever. I love the show. I love him. I love the crew. I love the fact that he cooks every show three days a week, Monday, Thursday, uh, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday. And his finals of the Sam Livecast cooking competition takes place tomorrow night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Tune in for that. It's going to be phenomenal. Also, Justin McLawn from Lucky's Q, winner of the Sam's Club series. Boom, he's the winner overall. Congratulations to him. Thanks for coming on and recapping that. Mike McLeod, President and CEO of MMA Creative. MMACreative.com is their website. Breaking down Sam's Club this year, what they hope to do next year. The marketing partners, and of course, the World Food Championships. And then, of course, much love to Danielle Domofsky, DVQ, DVQ.ca, her website, CA for Canada, because you're dumb. Talking about the barbecue crawl, how it all came together. Phenomenal conversation. I'm glad we were able to reset that after the debacle last week. Uh, if you have raw cast iron, treat it. Scrape it down and then hit it with Pam or Crisco as it cools down after each and every use. Generations of rust-free service. Pass it down to the next generation if you have some people you're going to pass down those grades to. Also, first and foremost, September 11, 2001. I will never forget. Huge show next week. So stay tuned for that. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host and proud U.S. American Greg Rempe. Good night now.